This show goes out to Damian Ashburton Dunning, Renee and Jay Valentine, Stephen Howland, Jeffrey Abreu, and Daniel Berg. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to issue 447 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. No, we didn't mess anything up there absolutely is no matthew this week mm. decided he'd actually make real money this week and and so he's in atlantic city yes <laughs> so if you see a somebody with a rather bright red wig walking on the boardwalk and that's matthew uh no he's working this week he will be missed this week uh but we still have a show to go through and we should get to it with some news um also you should point out here's some news rodrigo and i both sick oh yeah this is what happens when you go to a uh, major event in a small space with a million screaming children of all Mm -hmm. sorts of sizes shapes and diseases yep good times though rodrigo good times no it was uh it was great to be there you had to be there all day (laughs) i had to be there for like two days oh no we had to set up sunday oh ahead of time okay and then I was there, like I got there at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. and I probably didn't leave until about 7 p.m. The next day? No, that day. Oh, uh-huh. that day. Okay. Is that when you saw my car? When I saw your car? With the taillight out? Yes. Okay. That's what. Um, we are, of course, talking about a PBS major event. Mm-hmm. The one good thing is Thomas, the tank engine. Right. You remember Thomas, don't you? Zach? Uh, I know Thomas. I don't think I ever watched Thomas. Is that what you do to Thomas? You watch him? Yes. yes. Yeah, no, never did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, didn't see any Barney. No Barney? No. Uh, did see a glimpse of Naughty, unfortunately. There, there uh, you probably saw a little bit of Dinosaur Train. Some yeah, Angelina. is that the one with cool. the hot girl in it? Uh, no, that's full of dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Um, you, awesome. you might be think, yeah, Dinosaur Train is actually a really <laughs> good show. You might be thinking of either Cyber Chase, which I don't know that we're airing anymore. That one, I remember having an attractive girl in it. Or you might just be thinking of our between show segments with Miss Rosa, who is very attractive. They do the dance and the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. Gotta be her. I bet that's her. But, uh, also saw Naughty somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we avoided that area. There was there were a lot of things that had to happen because Thomas is owned by a particular group. Mm-hmm. It's so, entertainment. Yep. Uh, and they also own Angelina Ballerina. So Angelina was allowed to be closer to Thomas, but <laughs> all other stuff had to be far enough away so that children would intrinsically have this expectation that uh, and they weren't. How, how do we relate that to comics? How do we relate that to comics? Before everybody turns off and says, oh, there's no Matthew this week, I'm turning off. Uh, well, clearly they would have already done that three, <laughs> seconds, three seconds into the show when they heard Zach do his uh, his shout out. Yeah, you're my new favorite Matthew, Zach. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know how you place product. 
right around certain areas of your store mm-hmm. to attract people's attention. So if you're trying to sell or, t-shirts and and to and to appease very complex entertainment conglomerates. Yes, very much so. Um speaking of big complex entertainment col- uh, conglomerates. Mm-hmm. Brand new Hobbit trailer has hit. Ooh. Did you guys watch it? Yes. Yep. What did you think? I thought that it looked good. No. Here's what I you know when I think of The Hobbit, of the book The Hobbit, which I didn't get very far into. I got like oh, four really? pages in. Um, you know, in talking to people, people were always like, well, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is like huge and epic and super exciting. And right. There's all this stuff going on. And The Hobbit is a smaller story. Yeah, like 300 pages, something right. like that, two, 300 pages. But, but judging from this trailer, they're either adding more stuff that was maybe in other books. Yeah. Or The Hobbit is more exciting than I originally thought. Well, you know, I go back to the very last chapter, which you probably didn't get to oh, in, in the God book. No. I didn't um, get to the second chapter. So. <laughs> as soon as the dwarves showed up and yeah, started saying their the, names. And, so many dwarves. I was like, that is enough dwarves. Uh, the last chapter, there is a battle for uh, the treasure of, of Lonely Mountain. Mm-hmm. And all these armies show up. And there's this huge battle. And Bilbo Baggins is, spoiler, ready to go to battle. And there's a battle, and he gets hit on the head, and then he wakes up sometime later, like a day or two later, Uh after the battle is already over. And so you don't get these big, long passages of descriptions of battles or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's just like, oh, I woke up, and Gandalf is there and says, oh, you know, Thorin is is dying, and you need to go talk to him. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, here you have the opportunity to To really show the battle, battle, which is more than likely what's going to happen in that third movie. But... um. Yeah, there seems to be a lot more added. Maybe your Tom Bombadil will show up. Maybe. One thing that's... Zach, did you watch this? Yeah, I watched it. What'd you think? Uh, it looked a lot like the original three movies, cin- cinematically. I think it looks a lot like them. Well, that's good. Yeah, Considering that's good. that they're by the, the same people. <laughs> and I always but, think it's funny that they put that in the trailers, like, from the director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. I well, they don't like, want people to think it it's that like, Rankin-Bass crap. Oops, sorry. Uh, although, Bruce. although I mean, that's a. That's I think a, Bruce Otter loves the Rankin Bass. Uh, that's important though, because they were going to have a different person do the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. They were going to have the Hobbit. Guillermo, be, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. They, they really? were going to have to be. Yeah, really? they were going to have the Hobbit be stylistically different mm-hmm. from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they ended up deciding that they didn't want to do that. That they wanted it to feel. Mm-hmm. I guess now it's going to be a, a hexilogy. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be really weird. One thing that's interesting: <laughs> movie is going to be released in select theaters at 48 frames per second. Uh-huh. And we've talked about how they're not going to make it a wide release because theaters have to do some conversion and some people, you know, went and saw that early, uh, early cuts and they didn't like the 48 frames because it looked too hyper-realistic. Interestingly, YouTube, where we watch these trailers, uh-huh. has the ability, and this was the official trailer, has the ability to show 48 frames a second. Mm-hmm. They opted not to put the 48 frames per second trailer online. Yeah, and this is something that we've hit on a few times, um, and I don't know if our uh, audience is, is tired of it or not, but I mean, when they uh, originally said, this is going to be at 48 frames per second, my first thought was like, I was like, what? That's going to look awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, because uh, they have done studies. They have literally, like studios have poured tons of money into figuring out what it is that makes film so appealing. Right. And basically they've gone through grain, they've gone mm-hmm. through stock, they've gone through lighting, they've gone through all this stuff, changing and experimenting things. And in the end, it's that 24 frames per second that does it. Yeah. yeah. If you take, 
you know, when I was in school, we had cameras that could imitate mm-hmm. that look, that could mm-hmm. actually shoot in 24p, uh, like video cameras that right. could do it. And it was just like, like we would sit there and just look at a monitor that was plugged into the computer to the to the camera, and the the the, the our TA would literally just flip the switch. The light, the thing would go out for a second, then come back on, and we'd be like, "Whoa, yeah. it looks like a movie, you guys!" So when you ex- when you increase the frame rate, it looks more and more like video. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, video is what uh, that lady with the huge hair standing outside of the courthouse is shot on. Yes, um, I think the last time we talked about this, ain't it cool news? Which does a uh, video. Mm-hmm. show on the Nerdist channel on YouTube. I actually had Douglas Trumbull back again, who's doing some experimentation with 120 f- frame per second projection. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. Really go watch it and see what he's doing. It could be what he thinks is the next change in uh, in movies mm-hmm. and how to immerse people into that. Uh, I just find it interesting that uh, they opted to I think not do it's, that. It- it's a lot like three. It seems to me a lot like three D, which, by the way, this is also going to be in. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Where they were like, "Okay, guys, we're getting ready, and we're going to launch three D, and three D is going to be the next big thing." And when they launched the new three, like th- when they made this big launch for three D mm-hmm. uh, with the like, it's not stereoscopic. What's the new? Was this stuff called? Oh, like, uh, with the with the uh, yeah, the not like the linear, but it's the. Uh, where you shudder, it's yeah, got like, the shudder on the glasses, or yeah, yeah, yeah. When this this new version, <laughs> yeah. the kind that's not a red lens and a blue right, lens. Right, right. Um, uh, when they launched that, you know, uh, uh, there right. was a big enough contingent of people who were like, "This is not worth it. This mm-hmm. is not worth paying ten extra bucks to see a movie, right? For something that is really just feels kind of like a gimmick." And I think that's kind of what the response to the Hobbit at. Uh, um, forty eight, forty eight p was like mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, this doesn't look any better. It just looks different and just different, and different is bad. Well, and different isn't good enough. Burn it with fire. Well, I you know I really would like to see this in forty eight frames a second, right. and I think the um, current three D is polarized lenses. Mm-hmm. I think is what it is. Yeah, I, I would like. Is. I would like to. Uh, I really just want to experience it. I would pay the extra bucks. To see it in 48 and IMAX, if possible, in 3D. Yeah. Um, just to see it. Now, will I, will I, that way I can come back and say whether it's good enough or bad enough mm-hmm. and have a better I- idea and opinion on this. I would, I just want to kind of really see it that way. I think the, really, the, I'm not that big into the Lord of the Rings trilogies and mm-hmm. The Hobbit, really. So, unless my, one of my friends drags me to The Hobbit, though, I probably won't go see it unless I can watch it in 3D in 48. That's right. Well, I, 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 I just want to see I can tell it. you you're going to have to go to Denver or wait. I think I think it's Nebraska is where they're showing it. Oh, you don't think they'll yeah, do it here? There's no, one in no, Kansas no, no. City. There might be one in Kansas City. I've been talking to people. But there's, I think they go might online, go online and look and see because they've got a listing of what cities they're going to play Oh, they've already on. listed them? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, for the 48 well, frames. I guess I won't be watching I think it, that. It's basically Los Angeles, New York, and... Miami and a couple of other places. Mm. That's a real letdown. Yeah, it is, but that's okay. All, all the big movie cities, New York, L.A., Chicago, uh, Poughkeepsie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the listeners, uh, we've got a lot of other news over at the Major Spoilers website. A lot of other great content, too. ton of reviews that are up there. Uh, go over and check that out. We've been covering all of the uh, 
DC's zero month stuff. Zero. Zeros. Uh, next week we ought to talk about that. I know Rodrigo hasn't read all the zero issues. I've read zero zero. <laughs> there you go. But I know Zach has, and I know Matthew has. I've read a couple. Um, I think we can share some general impressions next week. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a Red Lantern's number zero as one <laughs> of my staff it. picks. <laughs> <laughs> we have the staff picks. If you are looking for books to read each week, every Tuesday morning we do have the major spoiler staff picks where everybody on the, well, not everybody, but most of the writing staff know. contributes and shares their ideas of what you should pick up. There's also a brand new top five out. It came out yesterday. Ooh. Top five Batman the Animated Series episodes. People are loving that episode. We spent a great deal of time talking about Batman the Animated Series in depth. All great, all great uh, picks from everybody. They're all great great episodes. (laughs) That's a good one. That was a good episode. All right. When we come back, we will get into some reviews. And then later in the show, we're going to be talking about Neil Gaiman's The Books of Magic. Stick around. How to get a major spoilers shout out. If you want to get a personalized shout-out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 2006. Once again, thank you to everyone who has become a contributor, a regular contributor. We really appreciate that so, so much. Uh, the other people that we appreciate are those people who are heading over to Amazon.com through the Majorspoilers.com site. Go over to the Majorspoilers site, click on the Amazon.com link, and let's say you want to buy the Lord of the Rings trilogy in Blu-ray, like I watched this past weekend, all Whoa. three of the movies. Ugh, it was a... And by the time we got weekend. to the last hour and a half, it was just like, <laughs> oh, will this ever end? But if you want to go and buy that so you can see it and it really looks good in Blu-ray um, up on the big screen, uh, just head over to Major Spoilers, click on that Amazon link, buy your product like you normally would. You get the same product, same price. A little bit comes our way, helps keep the ship afloat and helps us bring you more fine shows like this. And maybe, just maybe someday... If we had every single one of our podcast listeners, whether that be all the podcast listeners of Critical Hit or Major Spoilers or Top 5 or Munchkin Land, mm-hmm. if everybody kicked in $2 a month, $2 a month for this fine, fine entertainment, Matthew would be here today. Yes. You know, if yep. everybody did that, if people are like, there's no Matthew, well, donate. Get your friends to donate. Everybody donate. And then you would That's be, right. not have to worry about the, uh, a Matthew-less Major Spoilers ever again. Yes. Because then he wouldn't have an excuse. <laughs> uh, I need to go earn money this week, so which is fine. Everybody needs to earn money. In fact, that's coming up in our poll of the week. What do you do Ooh. with your money? Mm. Teaser. Yes. Let's get to some reviews. Rodriguez, you're supposed to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I in will, Espanol, I, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I will do the uh, the transition here. Say, say it again. Uh, let's get to some reviews. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Matthew did say he was going to call in with a review of Supergirl number zero. Again, I think we'll have some reflections on the zero month next week Mm -hmm. when the month is over. But seeing how it's not showing up in my email or my Skype list, I'm wondering if he's had the same reaction as I did of Ravagers last week. Could be. A lot of crying. I think. A lot of crying. A lot of uh, show me where the bad man touched me kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen a lot of positive uh, reviews of the number zero stuff, honestly. I think a lot of people are fe- feel that it's filler. 
does kind of feel that way. Uh, I haven't looked and seen what some of the other sites have done, mm-hmm. but I know majority of our readers are just kind of like, or right. reviewers are kind of like, e. yeah. Speaking of E, Zachary. Oh. <laughs> Didn't see speaking, that coming. Speaking, 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 of, speaking of bad transitions and filler, Zach, what did you read this week? Yeah, I am looking at The Sixth Gun, number 25. Have you read this from the beginning? I haven't. I just picked it up at uh, number 24, which was a start of a new arc, and they oh, said okay. it's a great jumping on point, yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. heard great things about it from... A lot of people at Oni, and they were even pitching it at Gen Con. They're like, "You, mm-hmm. everyone should read this book." So I was yeah. like, oh, "I'll give it a try," and it's it's really interesting. I think it's you know, Western isn't our biggest, my biggest. I know you don't really like it right. that much, Stephen, but uh, it's got some nice, you know, weird twists in it with uh, some interesting like demons and yeah, yeah, haunted weird, guns. Yeah, haunted. Yeah, it was, I really like the guns. Like it comes up. Like the different guns aren't just like shooty shooty. They're like one of them like rots flesh and right. like things. And I think I haven't figured out the six gun is yet. It seems like it like transforms the world or they can like bend the world. They keep one of the characters talks about how it, he wished he could have shaped the world more to his liking a time back in this issue. Cool. Which is I don't know. It's pretty cool. So the main characters they get uh they got trapped in they crossed over worlds last issue. Yeah. And now they're inside this big winter. Winter Wonderland with a giant wolf made of snow that's trying to eat them and everyone's frozen. So, uh, it's really, there's not much, not a lot happens this issue. I think there's a lot of more, I think if you start from the beginning and you've read to this point, there's a lot of backstory more with the characters. So, if you are like me and just kind of pick this up. Right. Uh, they give a little description of the characters at the beginning of the book, but you still are missing out on some interactions that have happened and I don't know what the timeline is before this. I'm going to assume quite a while. But uh, I don't remember. I've been reading this series on and off for the last oh, uh, two years since, it's, yeah. since it launched. And uh, give you a heads up, I think next week we will read uh, The Sixth Gun, the first volume oh, of cool. The Sixth Gun. So you kind of see where that all comes from. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I think it's uh, it's been good for starting the arc. I am. I really want to go back and read the first ones because it's taking the a genre that I'm not too fond of and throwing in nice, you know, mythological twists. Yeah, yeah. And uh, making it really nice. And the art, I really like the art here. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really to complain about. It's really consistent throughout. The characters all look very nice and there's some, when they do their creepy things like giant mummies and giant uh, snow wolves, it all looks, it looks really good. Cool. Yeah. So, I think people should pick this up. Small publisher book. I like Oni. They've made some good stuff this year. And um, so what kind of meatloaf rating are you giving this thing? I'm going to give this uh, three and a half meatloaf just because uh, I wasn't familiar with other characters. And the action from the from the issue 24 to 25 dropped off a little bit, which really made me like it a lot, the first issue. But hopefully when I go back and read, I'll like this issue more. But just three and a half slices okay. of meatloaf this Fair time. Fair enough. Does it uh, does it bother you a little bit when you come into um, books like this that you're not familiar with about reviewing and sharing your thoughts on it? Does it uh, concern you, or do you go, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified to review this book? Oh, I didn't really think that about uh, almost not everything. That's why I like reviewing low issue books. Mm-hmm. As soon as I first started, like I had reviewed uh, one of the before Watchmen. I think I, a Night Owl book, and I don't I. 
scared myself when doing that. I was like, everyone's going to hate me because I don't know anything about Watchmen. Yeah, that's that's fine. But I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has it. an opinion. Yeah. And certainly if you've jumped on with issue 24 and you're already reading the second issue, at least it's got your attention. And yeah. Sounds like no, it you're going I back and reading. More. Okay. Well, I'll uh, send a, an email off to Oni and I know that I've got all those issues on the hard drive, but I think it's the hard drive that just crashed last week. Oh, and I haven't yeah. gotten the new one in yet to rebuild the uh, raid, away, raid o array. So we will get to that Sweet. very soon. All right. So for me this week, um, six gun from Oni press, uh, atomic robo and the flying she devils of the Pacific. Number three of five. This is volume seven of the atomic robo series. Uh, great. I mean, atomic robo is just great. Just wonderful. Just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Love the adventures. Love the humor. Uh, in this go around, we're just, uh, we're in 1951. Robo is testing some, uh, new technology over the Pacific. He gets attacked by some Foo Fighters, uh, finds this mysterious Island inhabited by, um, uh, female soldiers and they're a kick-ass team of the flying she devils. Uh, but they have made, um, these, uh, Japanese soldiers very angry. The war's over, but they still think that the war is going on. They've updated their tech, and they're they are seeking revenge against the She Devils, and they finally track down She Devil Island. And so this issue is an all in all out battle between the Japanese fighters and the She Devils in the skies above mm-hmm. uh, the She Devil Island. And as I read this, it felt very much like something you would see in star Wars or, or wings, or, you know, anything that has a top gun. Yeah. You know, it's just this big battle in the sky, bombs going off, crazy stuff happening. Oh, we're running low on ammo. What are we going to do? Ah, I got that one. And just boom, 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 boom. Um, but the battle in the air, it, while it's really exciting and done extremely well by, uh, Scott, um, uh, uh, Scott Wegner. Um, that is all a ruse to what the, the Japanese are really doing. A secret submarine with mechanical automatons that uh, drop a bomb, right? And send a bomb right into the middle of the uh, island and just blow it up with like nuclear force. Fortunately, Atomic Robo and uh, one of the uh, she-devils who were working on the uh, the blimp managed to escape. But to ensure their escape, uh, Robo decides to jump out of the blimp at a very high altitude and go plummeting through several planes before slamming into the ocean and being captured by the Japanese. Soldiers. Oh no. Oh no, Japanese. Not only that, but, and I'm going to have to go back and check this out in some of the other World War II um, stories. We meet this character who says, Atomic Robo, you may not remember me, but we fought in the war. And, uh, and Robo's like, well, you know, I shot down a lot of Japanese mm-hmm. planes in the war. And he's like, yes, but I'm the one that shot you down twice. And he's like, rah, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. And he's like, all right, I surrender. Um, so I'm interested to go back to some of the previous stories and see if there are those incidents that we see. Because I know there's a couple of times where we've seen Robo get shot down mm-hmm. to see if it's the, if they've really carried that continuity through uh, in this piece. I think anyone who knows me and who knows my thoughts on Atomic Robo know that Atomic Robo and the she Flying She Devils of the Pacific number three is a must-buy book. And earns five out of five slices of meatloaf. Excellent book. Yay on the, uh, thank God for cough switches. That's all I'll say. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That is it for Zach, who did an indie book. 
That does it for me, who did an indie book, Red 5 Comics, does uh, Atomic Robo. Rodrigo, surely you're going to do something from Dark Horse or DC Comics or that one company, House of, uh, House of Ideas, the Marvel company, yes, right. that yeah. little company, yes. um, or maybe even Image, right? No. What? Whoa. Uh, I am reviewing a book from a company who is so indie that I've totally forgotten what they're called. <laughs> Which is funny because you wrote it down in the notes. I did. I wrote it down in the... And I'll have to go back and um, look it up. But it's uh, The Unprofessionals number one. And this is a comic style book about uh, two young men who decide that they want to be murderers. Just decide one day, hey, let's go murder people? Kind of, actually. They're, you know, they've had some difficulties in life but they kind of want to get into crime and they want to get into being killers for what reason i can't tell they listen to they're a lot just of rap music uh, it's not even that <laughs> they play in the video games too much <laughs> well it's it, there's i mean they kind of want to get into it because it's awesome glamour because, and yeah, the, yeah like they want they basically want to be awesome ninjas right is is what they're trying <laughs> to be i can see that um, who doesn't want to be right exactly so uh, this issue is kind of about their first attempt at doing this. And basically they go in and they try to uh, steal the score from someone else mm-hmm. and, and and kill that person. Um, and it doesn't really go wrong, but it doesn't go as well as you as they should have you know potential as, as it could have mm-hmm. largely because they not just because they're green, but because they're trying to make everything awesome, so they're trying to do it like uh, yeah, like they try to kill a guy like Scarface like, does. No, and... well, they try to kill a guy with like a bow and arrow, okay, and, and <laughs> things like that, and it, like, it doesn't work. <laughs> like the first thing that happens is one of them jumps down from a roof to ambush the guy and just lands in a dumpster, and you know the other guy has to fight the guy for a while until the first guy manages to get himself out of the dumpster. Yeah. Um. It's an interesting book. It, you know, I don't have an issue with it. The art is good. You can tell who the characters are. Um, and there are no problems, but it's not a genre that I'm into. And I'm like, the characters to me aren't that relatable. Um, it's just kind of a, like, I. it's a couple of guys who are kind of jerks. And they're going to do this. And you kind of, the the point of the book seems to be, whether they are going to fail and die and die horribly or whether they're actually kind of going to get their act together and do this correctly so for me it's really not that interesting i'm not that big into crime i'm not that in, into crime books um i am big into crime but i'm not big <laughs> into crime uh comics mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of a a mix that is not very interesting to me that said there's really nothing wrong with this book right. I, I actually i enjoyed reading it i probably won't pick the second issue but there's again there's no absolutely nothing wrong with this i would give this two and a half slices of meatloaf does um, the um does the subtitle the unprofessionals a sociopathic bromance right tie does that have any does meaning that, to that, the, in this does that first make chapter? any sense yeah. uh yeah i mean the two characters are very close they're uh, they kind of keep talking each other into doing these things. I mean, it's clear that they're like best friends. Um, there's a group of other characters that they hang out with mm-hmm. who 
like any two people in that group don't like each other and that might play into it a little bit more later but yeah these two are basically the bestest of friends all right this is from um 929 entertainment and red style red stylo media that's that's what i had seen before yeah so check that out i guess it comes out i didn't look and see when this comes out um, either out now or coming out very soon. Right. But this is one I think you're going to have to go to one of those two websites to find it. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's getting a very wide release, but, uh, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a story that we don't see very often. So if what I've said sounds interesting to you, mm-hmm. um, don't let my, uh, lukewarmness about crime comics dissuade you. If this sounds like something you're into, I'd say, check it out. Art isn't terrible. No, it's it. You know, again, you could just I've seen worse. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For you know, a, a big complaint of mine with indie comics, uh, like super indie comics like this one, is a lot of the time the art is not up to snuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're putting out a comic professionally, you are competing with everybody. Right. You know, nobody's gonna cut you a break because they're like, well, it's an indie comic, so it's okay that this is crap. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Um. So this comic is up there. The coloring is good. The inking is good. It's honestly, it seemed like things were a little muddy, but I wonder if that wasn't because it was a very low resolution PDF that they yeah, sent yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I had to like zoom in a little bit because the lettering was kind of running together and mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that that's not how. That's the, what I'm, that's what I'm going to yeah. bet too. Just, I, I don't think that's how the comic's going to look. So um, that was probably just the, the resolution of the thing they sent us. Yeah. All right, cool. And again, listeners, if you want to read some more reviews, head over to Majorspoilers.com. We've got a plethora. Uh, also, plethora? I think it, it, it might have been like 40 pages or something like that. Oh, that's first. But just like one. straight, that's like no ads your, or anything. Yeah. Bang for your buck there. Plethora. Many. A lot. More than one review plethora. up on the site. Do you even know what a plethora is? More than one. <laughs> more than a dozen. A lot. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Lots of reviews going up every single day. Thanks to people in this room and all of our writers at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, so Silver Gray sent me another uh, idea. He said, hey, what are people spending their money on? Or what would people prefer? Or what is more important, shelter or food? Got me thinking. Uh-huh. That'd be a good poll of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... This is the part of the show where we <laughs> look at maybe several options and decide which one we would pick. It is the ball of the week. <laughs> wow. You are doing a bang up job, Rodrigo. Hey, you know. Even when you're sick, even with this bloody nose, blood squirting oh, out like, I, it is, it like is you've awful. cut a, an I, artery there. In yeah, your, I've got, I've got like a, a tissue up my nose right now. You are doing a bang up job of Oh, uh, thanks. Of this. Well, you know, I figure when one of us is out. <laughs> Have to, have Everybody have to, to step up and, yeah. and pull together and join forces I to mean, create Matthew, a giant Matthew. Matthew just leaves tons of slack around. So. Also, Power Rangers. Yes. There. Did we do yeah, that? Yeah. Okay. Like uh, wrestling job. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so when we have our limited paychecks, what do we spend our money on? And I thought about this. It's, it's you know, most people, I, I think the... Um, what most of the people have voted on is probably appropriate, but you know, there's a large number of our audience that either still live at home or have roommates, um, or just, you know, shelter is not a a top priority, but does the majority of your paycheck go to food, shelter, comic books, or other Zach, what about, what do you have? Oh, I, uh, 
I have a I I share I have roommates and I live right. in a house right. so uh no all a lot of what goes to rent and then utilities of the heating and the air and the the, inter- the internet yeah and the mm-hmm. and the, the flavens I wonder you know it it people think oh in Western Kansas everything must be relatively cheap depends on what you're looking at. Uh, when I lived in California, I paid like yeah. 1200 a month for my two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to Hayes, I got a two bedroom apartment that was bigger and I was paying like 375 a month, I think, something like that. I think that. right now the Hayes housing market is kind of high. The Hayes people, housing market is higher people, than, like, bought than a house Kansas and they could have bought like twice as much yes. for Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very expensive to, to live here. And, and Hayes, goes. Hayes, uh, which is incredible, uh, has to be incredibly uh, interesting to our listeners. Hayes is kind of a weird place. Like <laughs> It's not. Values are <laughs> values are all over the place in Hayes. As far as pricing goes? Yeah. Or do you mean people's saying, personal people's values? values. Because, <laughs> no, everyone's here conservative, so. No, no, I didn't mean that. I, I meant monetary values. Oh, yeah, 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 values. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there's some places that, I mean, literal. Literally owned by slum lords. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, is that who you rent from? Slumlord? Oh no, I moved out of out of my uh, rat hole. I call it the, my our meth house is what our hold place because now I live in a. I moved to the other side of town. And I live next to the movie theater. He's moving on up. Okay. Uh, all right. I thought that was fixed income housing over by the movie those, theater. Those duplexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. Oh, okay. those are completely. We moved. I moved in. That was the first person to live there. Oh, no, wow. they're. They're really nice. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. I, all I know is what we paid for our house. Yes, we would have a much bigger house in a much bigger city. So, um, so Zach, you said shelter for you. Yeah. Most of my first part of my paychecks all go to my shelter. What about you, Rodrigo? Uh, I pay a lot of money for uh, basically two things, my car mm-hmm. and my college education. Yes. The majority, if you 10 put years the, later, yeah, if you put those two together, the majority of my, it's about, uh, almost eight years later. Um, the majority of my, um, income th- that I'm spending, mm-hmm. uh, probably goes to car payments. Um, and then after that, uh, maybe, shelter and then student loans but the shelter and student loans are pretty close really yeah wow because well, i figured I, I live in a small town i figured yeah. you had a fairly low i figured for you it would be um school loans mm. then shelter then food i i actually got a really good and long uh deal on my student loans mm-hmm. just because of the way i did them so the you know they were like how much money are you making this much? And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a super low rate. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to be paying them forever. But the rate on my student loans is, on loans is actually really low, oh, that's all good. things considered. Yeah, I mean, I don't, really I don't even pay 100 bucks of student loans. Yeah. Uh, for me, it depends on how you define, you know, money, whose money is who. Right. If we take the combined money of the household, mm-hmm. then the combined money of the household. All the, all the money your kids make at the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. At, sh- quiet. Come on now. I mean, we pull them out of the factory in, app, uh, in, in China making yeah. the Apple products. Oh, there you go. That's why we have so many. That's why everybody's up. rioting <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> so if we take the combined income and the combined bills, um, the house payment, car payment, credit card payment. Uh, daycare and school combined, probably mm-hmm. in that order, in descending order, and then comics. Now, if we split it out and we look at, you know, who makes what money, 
that a majority of my income goes to first credit cards and then comic books mm-hmm. because we have it set up to where there's other places where the house and other payments come from, mostly right. from my wife. So it's kind of divided the bills. I'll take care of the comic books. Yes. I'll take care of my credit card payment. You take care of all the rest of the bills. Doesn't quite work that way, but I'd seems, like to think it seems it does. fair. It seems fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like a majority of stuff goes to shelter for us. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the other reason I asked why food was on the list, because so many people I see are eating fast food, right? Fast food's expensive. Yeah, I mean, it, I know it, they it, say it's fast a, food is way more expensive yeah. uh, than buying food and preparing right, it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I was wondering, you know, if, if you're renting and you have five people living in a 1200 a dollar a month or $2,000 a month uh, apartment and you're paying $400 for that, but then you go out and spend 20 bucks at Taco Bell, Zach, a day. Oh, I don't eat Taco Bell. Um, you know, you run it. But you know, you go to Arby's and it's like you get two sandwiches and a drink and it's 20 bucks right there. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so, you know, you do that 30 days out of the month, there's 600 bucks mm-hmm. spent on on fast food. Yeah, the first thing I do if I still want to buy comics is stop eating out. Like, I'll eat out, I eat Chinese at least once a week on Friday because mm-hmm. the special is awesome. And then I just make food at my house. And it's a way I can save money to pay for awesome things. Yeah. And uh, if you missed it, we talked last week. Was it last week when we talked about your Actually, original comic book art? Oh, no. It was a couple weeks ago. Oh, you were you were out there. Yeah, right? he was yeah. gone. Go back and listen to it, Rodrigo. It's good. Um, Fine. <laughs> Matthew, what did you uh, choose? Ah, mm. I see. Okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't get that one. Oh, okay. Well, play back later and you can okay. hear it. Yeah. Uh, you know what, people, out if they want to hear that, they ought to get a pair of those tweaked audio headphones. Yeah. Tweakedaudio.com. You can pick up everything. Yes. And if you go over <laughs> they to tweakedaudio.com. So you can even hear people who aren't there. Four yeah. styles, six colors, I believe is what it is. Uh-huh. You head over to tweakedaudio.com. And when you check out, use the code MAJOR on checkout. You get 30% off your order. Wow. Pretty good deal. And they sound really good. So 30% is a lot. 30% is a lot. is a lot in this, in this day and age when we're talking about uh, money and savings and what yeah. we're going to, I mean, headphones will not be even on this list. No, they wouldn't be no. because, because they're so cheap because they are so cheap when you use this code. Uh, here be wonder says uh, in this order, shelter, food, gaming miniatures and comic trade paperbacks. Uh, my check goes to paying daycare and some comics says Chris uh, Maximus riff says, I just, I'm just a gigolo everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> Shelter for sure says in Kirby says most of my paycheck goes towards rent, food, internet, and then comics. Uh, Cat Halo says I recently bought a house. People who own houses, that's where a lot of your, your money's going to. Uh, Vancouver is, is expensive, says, says Pierce. Rent and bills first, then food second. Uh, mortgage, rent, says uh, Cumber, uh, what, who's that? C- oh, Cumber Lang uh, 6. Uh, smarking out Adam, it's hard to compete with the cost of a mortgage. Rent, rent, child care is number one. Man, when both of my kids were in daycare, it was oh, I expensive. Uh, I just each of them, each of them for a month at our daycare was seven hundred a piece, yes. and so I and I know it was it had to have been more than that because I know a couple of those bills were like sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars a month for childcare. But my <laughs> oldest put the boy into public school. I'm paying like fifty bucks a month. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> mean, it's like what? There are there are a lot of reasons as to why I don't have any children right now, but the well, main the main the main one is that I could not yeah, yeah. in any way possibly afford it. Yeah, yeah. Alicia says she uh, her money goes to medical bills. Um, <laughs> uh, Rico says, "What about hookers and booze? That's not on that. That would be the other list." <laughs> yes. 
Um, and then uh, Rome says, between my wife and I, the biggest chunk of our money goes to student loans. Well, I suppose if you spend enough, either at a bar or a brothel, you could probably qualify at a shelter. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Rodrigo, how did the, uh, or do you have it called up there? How did the yes. rest of the major spoilers nations vote this uh, week? Right now, overwhelmingly, people are paying to uh, not have rain fall on their heads. So we, I've got, I'm reading 62% shelter, food at 15%, uh, other at 17%, and comics at 6%. Yeah, bottom which, of that stack. You know, the, That's probably a good idea. I would be very concerned if there were more people spending money on comics than they were on there. If there, if yeah. there, if people, if, if I had looked at this list and comics were like number one, mm-hmm. I would have been like, why do I still have a day job? If our readers <laughs> yeah. spend this much on comics... Like, there's no way that we shouldn't have, like, everybody have a 2% a $2 a month donation. Or, like, yeah, all yeah. of our readers are still yes. in high school. Well, that, yeah, that, was, could, that, could, that yeah. was the other thing. Yeah. It's because, again, there are a large portion of our listeners who say, well, I can't contribute because I don't have a credit card. I'm not old enough. Right. My mom and dad won't let me. And so it's like, well, you're living at home. You're not paying for shelter. You may have more of that disposable income uh-huh. yep. to go to comic books. So, listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Share your thoughts. Share your vote. In the major spoilers poll of the week, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to some thoughts, some ideas, some phone calls of people who've decided to call in and participate. And when we come in, uh, come back, come in, come back, yeah, whatever. We'll be back and we'll talk. Neil Gaiman's Books of Magic. Stick around. Greetings and salutations, major spoilers. Cat Halo back again with a couple of thoughts and a couple of flicks. First, I saw Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1. This is a really good animated movie and a very faithful adaptation of the first half of Frank Miller's legendary book. For more, my review is actually up on Majorspoilers.com, so have a read of it and leave a comment there if you'd like. It did get me wondering, though, and I think Matthew might be able to help me with this. In the books, has there been a reason given for the huge dinosaur and massive penny that are in the Batcave? Hmm. Okay, second movie is The Sweeney. Based on the British show from the 1970s, this movie takes the characters from that show and updates them, as they do. The movie, however, feels a little more like The Shield in London than it does the original show. Ray Winston is pure Ray Winston and, uh, you know, doesn't do anything out of the ordinary. But the real star of the movie is Ben Drew, who is charming and gritty all at the same time. The story of the flick is very straightforward, as is the direction. The action is also fairly basic, comprised mostly of repetitive and loud gunfights and rather pedestrian car chases. You know, so the movie is it's an above-average London crime flick, but it does fall short of its potential. I wouldn't rush out to the cinema to see it, but if it's on telly or whatever, I'll have a look at it. Does make me wonder, though, what are the major spoilers crew's favourite imports be it you know television or movies or whatever you know uh, do you guys know red dwarf are you fans of the original office what do you think of the current season of doctor who um the best movie i've seen all week though it'll come as no surprise to people who follow me on twitter raiders of the lost ark on imax simply put this is the best action adventure movie ever if not one of the greatest movies of all time and in a digital presentation on a huge imax screen it was one of the best cinematic experiences i've had all year and that's kind of a telling statement really that one of the best cinematic experiences i've had in you know the year is a 31 year old movie um, but if you get the opportunity, go see Raiders in the biggest, loudest screen you can. This movie holds up and is awesome, and I cannot wait for the Blu-rays to come out. And that's me for another week. But before I forget, 
on my Facebook page, Cat Halo Movies, um, I have a poll asking what your favourite comic book movies are. Check out the page, like the page if you like, and cast your vote, spread the nerd. I'm also on Twitter, at Cat Halo Movies, and as always, check out the major spoilers forums for discussions with like-minded individuals. Thank you very much, guys, and have a fantastic week. Yeah, it was uh, Teddy, and uh, I was just listening to 388. Yeah, I fell way behind. Anyways, you got a guy on there making a comment about episode 291. You guys are playing his his comment from, like, it's 388. It's, like, way behind. Of course, I'm way behind. So if you play this, then it'll be a comment about a comment from 291 for 388. Anyways, love the show. Bye. Hello there, Mr. Schleicher. This is Slappy, and this question actually goes specifically out to you. Having been the scholar who uh, broke into the Ravagers last week, I have a question. Having also been the scholar, one of the scholars on that fine tome, uh, Jenna Jameson's Shadowhunters, I have, been a, I have a request. I'm going to torture some people. And I wish to know what would be the better torture tool. Should it be Janet Jameson's Shadowhunters, or should I force them to read The Ravagers? Uh, and this will be a la Clockwork Orange, very much like they did to young Alex. Please, inquiring minds want to know. Thank you very much. Oh, and Zach, I'll see you later. Yes, uh, this is for the Major Spoilers Podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm down here in Texas. And I wanted to mention that uh, last week, the week of the uh, 19th of September, there was a comic book that came out, a brand new series, a limited series called Star Trek uh, Next Generation Hive. Very interesting concept in that what if the Borg actually won? And is fascinating book the fir- the first book, and I highly recommend it for any fan of the Star Trek uh, genre. And that's what all I wanted to say. And y'all have a great day. Good evening, Major Spoilers. It's Russ Cat from Ottawa, Ontario, calling, and I want to quickly talk about the Books of Magic. Um, this has been one of the mainstay books on my comics uh, library for, I don't know, well over 12 years now. And I love this story. Um, the best thing I can say about this book is that every time I read it, um, I understand it a little bit more. I get an extra comics reference. Um, this time, uh, just reading it a couple hours ago, um, I got the Legion references where I didn't understand that before. So I think that... Everyone should, at the very least, go to their library, pick up this book, and read it. It's well worth it. Um, Yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, Thanks for doing what you do. Bye. I want to thank everyone, everyone who called in this week uh, and being part of the Major Spoilers experience. A couple of questions, one from Slappy. Uh, Jenna Jameson, Shadowhunter, or the Ravagers? Tell you what, we're going to answer that. This weekend on the Major Spoilers Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question, favorite import from outside the U.S.? We'll answer that on the next edition of the Major Spoilers Whoa. Podcast. Um, Cat Halo asked the question about the giant penny and the dinosaur in the Batcave. Where did those come from? 
Um, I had already, we were exchanging some, some emails earlier. The dinosaur, uh, you know, Batman collects trophies for the longest time was collecting trophies as some of his biggest cases. And the dinosaur issue was in, um, Batman number 35, which came out in 1946, Dinosaur Island. In that story, a scientist creates a Jurassic Park-style amusement park, complete with robot dinosaurs, and then they crooks nab the dinosaurs, go on a robbing, stealing criminal spree. Uh, Using the dinosaurs. Using the dinosaurs, Batman stops them. So that's where the dinosaur comes from. Makes sense. And then the giant penny comes from, um, what is it, uh, World's Finest number 30, which came out in 1947, the Penny Plunderers. And um, a man named by the name of Joe Coyne, whose life has been cursed by pennies, and he wants to pull off this big heist involving the penny. And I believe that this is one where, uh, I can't remember what the end of it is, but it has something to do with the giant penny and uh, Batman and Robin almost getting squashed by it uh, at Mm. one of the mints. And then after they... Defeat the bad guys, um, they're given that penny as a, as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things when you're saying, okay, so what happens with, why would Batman keep these around? Or why would these stories from 1946 and 1947, why would these be so important that, you know, 40, 50 years later, right. 60 years later, they're still in the Batcave? Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the point where after Cataclysm, after... Um, when the Wayne Manor fell when a, after the earthquake, I mean, there's scenes of Aquaman helping them trying to lift the giant penny up from uh-huh. uh, beneath the depths of the, of the caverns. Why? Well, it's kind of like every time you get a new artist on board a Batman series mm-hmm. and you see that huge spread of the bat cave, you have to include all these different shots of the Batmobiles over the years. Well, the big penny was a staple for so long that it's just one of those things that Always just are in the Batcave. People mm-hmm. expect to see in the Batcave those iconic images that you expect to see. Sure. I think, uh, and that's, that's weirdly, it's about consistency. Right. It's, yeah. It, it Oddly goes, enough, of all yeah. the inconsistencies in comics, <laughs> yes. giant it, dinosaur, giant penny. Yeah, it goes to show that Batman has been doing this for a while. You know, if you have a year one Batman, the penny and the dinosaur might not be there, although mm-hmm. now I don't remember if they were or weren't in year one. But they probably weren't. Um, but, you know, it, once you get to that, the Batman that has been around for the prerequisite, like, five years or whatever, right, right. then that Penny and the dinosaur will be there to show that he's had these uh, very important capers, even if you don't actually see them. Right. Um, because you don't want to necessarily retell this story over and over and over again. But it goes to show, yes, this happened. This is a shout out to old right. stories. Um and, you know, even goofy little capers like this have been important to Batman's history. So having that stuff around is weird. And it's, you know, for all intents and purposes, for comic book fans, they are like conversation pieces. Right, right, Literally. Right. I mean, it's like every once in a while you have somebody who enters the the Batman, who becomes a Batman fan and is like, you know what, I've always wondered where that comes from. And then, you know, old fat guys. Can, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't know. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, can tell uh, you you know, is. there's also, if you look over the years, you've had uh, the Red Hood costume, the mm-hmm. origin of the Joker um, from that. You should probably also see a giant Joker card mm-hmm. in, the, in the cave. Um, obviously, the other one that's very iconic, which really doesn't need a big explanation, although right now it might be somewhat confusing, is the Jason Todd Robin costume that was right. uh, enclosed in glass. 
um, many, many more. I mean, if you go and watch um, um, not just Batman the Animated Series, which we were talking about on the recent uh, Top 5 podcast, but if you go and watch uh, Batman Beyond, right. there's all, even more all the backs All the Bat Family and costumes think, are there. You know, there's something about that, because even Superman in his Fortress of Solitude, uh-huh. um, he'll go through and he has a trophy room of all of these little things that he's collected over the years. And, you know, when you go on trips, and when you, and so why, why would superheroes do this? Well, if you go on trips, and I go on travels, we pick up little knickknacks and bric-a-brac. I mean, this glowing uh, orange uh, salt Indian salt, salt stone over here. Uh-huh. We were up in Colorado Springs and we went to some attraction and I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Let me just pick that up and put it in my my room. Uh, and so you gather these things from adventures and you have memories of, hey, I remember when I bought that. I know what was going on. I remember, you know, whether it was raining or whatever that's going on. So when Batman looks at this giant penny and he remembers. I, I imagine that Batman does that to torture himself. <laughs> He's like... My ward was almost killed by a giant penny. Yeah, yeah. I must work out more. Yeah, yeah. I'm didn't, sure he does. Didn't the penny and the dinosaur come up in the latest big arc from Batman? Didn't like Alfred take control of the dinosaur and eat a bunch of talons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There the was that arc? when they when they attacked the bat yeah. cave. I believe that's right. Because yeah. that's a mechanical dinosaur. And and there have been a, several other stories in subsequent years after the dinosaur got in the cave where criminals would. Seize control of the dinosaur. Right. In fact, there's one the one story where um, criminals seize control of the dinosaur, and Batman had to use the giant penny to sever the dinosaur's head off <laughs> to awesome. uh, to get things through. So, uh, Cat Halo, there you go. Hopefully, that's an, an answer for you. Uh, this week, I was kind of hoping Matthew was going to be here because um, uh, books of magic seemed like something that's right up his his alley. Yeah, I figure mm-hmm. Matthew could teach us um, stuff. This is a, a DC Comics book that really kind of led us into. Vertigo comic line, mm. uh, which would when the Books of Magic regular series came out, it was part of Vertigo. Uh, certainly, things that were going on with Swamp Thing led to Vertigo. I mean, Constantine, a lot of stuff was <laughs> was led into into the Vertigo comic line. So, this magicy stuff kind of dovetailed right into the Vertigo line. So, here's a story about a kid who seems rather normal. He's got uh, black hair. He wears glasses, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly discovers that there's a whole world of magic around him. He gets an owl, and he heads off to learn about magic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Sounds so familiar. Yeah. Is that a, and a lot of people uh, make the comparison between Timothy Hunter, the, the uh, protagonist in our story, and a young Harry Potter. Right. I'm, justified or not justified? I think to a certain degree it is. Um, yeah. I mean the 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 physical resemblance of the characters right down to having a pet owl are uncanny. But if you think about it, you know, young kid with giant glasses. Hey, I, I mean, was a young kid with giant glasses one. once. Yeah. Uh, I even know. had a yo-yo. There you go. <gasps> I like yo-yos. Um, oh my gosh. Connection. <laughs> I am Timothy Do you can do magic? I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm the boy who left. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the similarities kind of end there, other than, of course, he is destined to be the most powerful blah, blah, blah right. that ever did blah. Yes. You got to watch out for those kids. Yes. <laughs> I'm the most powerful kid that ever blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I'm the most powerful kid that ever did magic. Pow. Um, Death. Really... In this four-issue miniseries, we're setting up this world. Neil Gaiman is creating this world of magic and showing how everything kind of works and interacts with one another. Because over the years, uh, magic has played an important part in DC stories. So, um, you know, how does Jason Blood and Etrigan fit into this story? How does Neil Gaiman's own uh, Sandman series fit into this? How do we get 
um, Tales of the Shining Knight, and um, what's the uh, what's the the guy that's the uh, essentially Conan in the Savage World uh, series? Oh, I forget what that is. How do we get that in here? How do we get Jim World in here? How do we right. how do we tie in the Phantom Stranger and Man of Xanadu? Plus all the all the Dr. magic, Fate. all the yeah. magic stuff that yeah. happens in Legion of Superheroes, right? Because there's like a ton of magic stuff. Yeah, yeah. There. how do we incorporate all of that? into this universe and really make magic an important part because really in the, Oh, when this series came out in the nineties, there wasn't so much magic going on in the DC universe. Occasionally you might have Zatanna pop up by, but by this time she's out of the satellite era of the justice league. Mm -hmm. So unless she's showing up occasionally in her fishnet stockings, you don't see a lot of her uh, going on. So this is kind of a big opportunity to jump into, um, the magic land and to me, this just becomes a giant walking tour. You know, here we have our four trench coat brigade of Constantine, Phantom Stranger, um, Mr. E, mm-hmm. and um, Rose. Who? Rose. No, the, no, no, no. The... No, uh, Phantom Stranger, uh-huh. Mr. E, uh-huh. Constantine, uh-huh. and Rose. No, not Rose. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose okay. is a... She flipped back and forth between a dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did I forget it? Oh, um, Doctor Colt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I said. Yes, Rose. <laughs> yes, Curse you, Rodrigo. Um, and so each one of them gives, takes a moment, and takes Timothy on a little journey into the history of magic. Um, who is it uh, that takes him first? It's uh, Phantom, Phantom Stranger. Stranger. Takes him into the past. And shows him all about how the universe was created, how the angels fell, how magic came into being, and how there are certain points in history where magic really became very powerful. Interesting thing. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is really weird. And again, as um, as our listener called in and, and mentioned, um, upon subsequent readings of this, you find out so many more things, like the Legion oh, yeah. of Superheroes bit. But some of the things that are going on now in the new 52... Mm-hmm kind of have some odd lifts from the past. Like they're talking about how there will be a great battle and the world will end and then it will come forth anew. This is in the fourth chapter when they look Mm -hmm. into the future. Well, look what happened at DC. The world ended in a great battle with dark side. And then it reappeared in a new incarnation, uh, a new universe, uh, which is kind of really weird. Um, I think a lot of people with uh, Phantom Stranger number zero were really surprised by the um, the Judas reveal. Yeah. Uh, is that you re- reviewed that one, Zach? Or was no, I didn't. Else? I read it. I didn't review it. Okay. So a lot of people were really surprised by the, the Judas reveal. Well, if you go in and look in this book, they talk about, oh, the Phantom Stranger. Some call him the Wandering Jew. Wandering some call Jew, him yeah. the, the Betrayer. Some call him mm-hmm. this. Well, that ties right into, right into it, yeah. into this. Now, that was probably something that's been the there Phantom, for a long time. The Phantom time. Stranger has like 10 different origins. Right, right, right. But I, I like how this right now, especially with Timothy Hunter coming back into Justice League Dark, mm. uh, how there's a renewed interest in who is this character and what's he all about. Uh, so I found that rather interesting. Um, book two, they take a look at the current world. John Constantine gives a Tim um, a tour. They meet... Madam X, they meet Zatanna. Um, an adventure with Zatanna is rather interesting because she takes him to a club full of evil entities. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that really made sense um, from a character standpoint. 
I think, <coughs> you know, she was trying to show him around town and right. show him magic stuff. It's just like, oh, we'll go to a place that's like safe because, you know, there's no fighting in Elysium. Right. But um, then it was like, oh, well, we're going to ignore that because there's like a huge bounty on this kid. Um, things just kind of go south for her. Yeah, it's kind of revealed that Timothy has a bounty on his head. And the bounty is for a couple of uh, different reasons. One is that they want to prevent him from being a, an incredible source of good, the evil people that put the uh, bounty on his head. Yeah. But then you also have the conflict with our heroes, our good characters, right. who are debating whether they should kill him or let him live because he does have the potential to either be very good or to be very bad. And Mr. E from the very beginning is like, we ought to kill this kid. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of sets up this conflict that kind of runs behind the scenes. Uh, there's a point where um, Constantine has to leave Tim with a Zatanna because he has to go off and fight some battle with this group of bad guys right. uh, with the rest of the the uh, uh, trench coat brigade, as they call themselves. Um, and we never see that in the book, which was somewhat infuriating. Right. Did that bother you? Uh, it kind of did a little bit. But um, I expected it when when I saw them gearing up to fight. I I, I knew in my heart that we were not going to see that fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because guess. by I, the time that this is, uh, it's the second issue when that fight rolls around, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I had I had a deep, uh, um, I, I had a a deep distressful, uh suspicion in my gut about how this series was going to go mm-hmm. and it as it panned out it, it actually turned out to be correct and what and how did you think it was going to go uh well basically it can be encapsulated with a question i, I thought about this uh, a lot over the past couple days and the question is what happens in the books of magic we're walking we're walking we're nothing walking. yeah nothing, nothing happens nothing really yeah you're right magic. i mean but again we're laying out this groundwork and mm-hmm. Again, I forget when um, uh, Amethyst, the Princess of Gym World, when that series ended. But I want to say it's like mid-80s, I want to uh-huh. say. Um, but you don't, you don't, you're not seeing Etrigan running around as much. You're not seeing. And so here's this chance to just kind of lay out very. It's, this is a. An interesting way to tell a Wikipedia of yeah, the magic and, and in the DC universe. And that, and that is because what it is. really becomes it's, the who's who you know, of magic. You um, meet Zatara. You meet, uh, you get to meet uh, one of the early, I forget what his name is, the, the magician with the turban on his head who melts away in front of, of Tim. Uh, he was one of the very first yeah. uh, DC magician heroes. I mean, we get to see Dr. Fate in multiple incarnations uh, and, and we get introduced to them, even to the point where we get introduced in a hitchhiking scene. Uh, with uh, Doctor Thirteen, right? Who is an is kind of like a a, a ghost, bu- not a Ghostbuster, but a, uh, debunker, a debunker of uh, of magic. And even later, when we get into the Fifty Two series, not the new Fifty Two, but the, uh, um, right, the Fifty Two series, Doctor Colt, or I'm sorry, Doctor Thirteen plays a role in that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of it's kind of important, or it's yeah. kind of neat how they cram all these people in here. And like we've seen in other books like Golden Age, Marvels, and some of these others, it's like, oh, oh, I know that guy. Oh, spot, 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 spot. There there are there are a few guys out there in comics. I would say your um, Neil Gaiman's, your mm-hmm. Mark Wade's, your mm-hmm. Kurt Busick's, mm-hmm. who are really good at reconciling 
the mm-hmm. crazy stuff that's going on in whatever universe they're interested in. Right. I mean, Avengers Forever, uh, which was a super wacky, all over the place ride, you know, did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we reviewed it here, and it's like that was, I believe, Kurt Busiek going through and being like, "This, no, listen, guys, this <laughs> makes sense because of this thing I just made up, and right. that bridges these two things." And you're like, "Oh, that does make sense," and this. Right. Completely idiotic universe, right, right, right. Um, and I think that's a, a big thing of what the books of magic is doing. Is like, you know, when old writers were writing their own books without any continuity, even within those books, much less a wide spanning continuity, they were just making stuff up. And they were like, "Oh, I know, we'll have this guy uh, be King Arthur, mm-hmm. and then we'll have this other guy also be King Arthur." It's like, well. Or rather, a different writer was like, now I want to write a thing where my character is King Arthur or some incarnation of him or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes uh, Neil Gaiman to sit down and say, okay, well, here is why that makes sense. Um, and it can be very interesting, especially if you're already familiar with the characters. I feel that if you're not familiar with the characters, it seems extraneous. A lot of the time, it's like you are going and you're going and there will be entire passages where if you're not familiar with the characters, there's kind of no point to them. Yeah. The uh, bit when they were in the fairy world and they spend that uh, probably two or three pages um, under the mountain uh, dealing with the bard and the dead king King. who, like you said, is King Arthur is, you know, all these other names. It's just kind of like, well, uh, I don't know how that ties into some other series. Maybe it does. Maybe, you know, uh, right? Mm. who knows? But I mean, it somehow does and somebody's going to get it, but some people are not going to get it. Um, This was your first time reading it. Yes. Right. Zach, this was your first time. Oh, reading yeah. it, Right. So yeah. what did you guys, I mean, what did you guys think from, and again, we're in a totally different universe now. So how does going back and reading this, what was your take on it, Zach? Were you confused? Did you just like, I don't know what this is talking about, Jim World? Or were you like, oh, I know Jim World because of the new 52? No, I didn't know Jim World. There were some things I picked up on and others that I just recognize, like Spectre, I recognize, and I recognize some of the Legion. Uh-huh. Then they go the th- when they're in the 30th century right. and Zatara, Zatanna. Yeah, both of them. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not even from New 52. That was from cartoon network right yeah um but so i probably missed a lot of the references to other works but overall i still enjoyed it i think if i knew more about what was happening in the dc universe around the time this was happening what happened before then it might be more enjoyable i think think it was nice i think that's a safe assumption i think there are a bunch of people out there who were reading comics in the 70s and 80s and mm-hmm. 90s and when this came out they like those continuity buffs the people who enjoy that dc continuity mm-hmm. yeah. were probably tickled pink yeah to i'm read sure this. people just drooling i mean over because the there's just there's just so many little things and so many things that are like remember that character that had like two issues in that one thing this is why that character is incredibly important and you're like oh awesome i always love that guy and also, it's like, oh, look, there's that guy in the background that wasn't that thing. It's like, I recognize him. I know where he's from. Yay. <laughs> well, and that's kind of what it is. I, oh, yeah. And I remember reading this because uh, I did get all of these. These were in a prestige format uh, when they came out. Um, I remember picking these up. Scarteris? I believe Is this. that the name of the of the dinosaur secret world? Uh, maybe. Um, 
but um you know i remember when this first came out i was like i don't i don't know you know half of this stuff i mean i knew some of these background characters obviously i knew who jason blood was mm. and he's only in there but the baron no idea who that was right. still really don't mm. know uh, never have gone and done any of the research to who that character would have been right um i of course i know the zatara zatanna relationship um but for me it was just when i originally picked it up it's like oh this is interesting but there's a lot of uh a lot of words uh especially in that first book where they're it's almost like gaiman has written all these poems mm. about yeah. the different ages and characters that played a role in those ages you know it's kind of I don't want to say it's kind of fanfic because it's obviously not, but it's almost like these pa- these well, poems no, were already but, prepared, were like pre-prepared, and it's like, oh, you know, here I've had these lying around. Now I have a chance to incorporate them into this story. Mm. I think I think you can make a solid argument that this is very fanficy. I mean, this is this is the the nineties. Yeah, the uh, you can say the eighties and nineties were that turning point mm-hmm. where where uh, people who had been reading comics. Right. Started writing comics. Right. Yeah. So I mean that it it you could make the argument that this is actually DC fan fiction. Yeah. It's just you know DC fan well, fiction that got a stamp it, of approval for as long as this universe lasted. But, but when you think about it, really good fan fiction is that way where you oh, try sure. to bring in as many of the characters that right. you love and as you, possible. You try and put to, them in there. Yeah, and you try to elevate things mm-hmm. that haven't been taken care of and you make them important and you make them valid and you, you know, maybe say something new about the world that wasn't there before. And that's probably the biggest strength for me uh, that the Books of Magic has is that a lot of these characters were like, pow, zoom, except I'm magic. Right. But the Books of Magic tries very hard to take those characters, clean them up, raise mm-hmm. them up, and say, this is why this character is not only important in the history of the DC universe, but also why maybe his adventures were important and meaningful, as opposed to just being something that they were trying out before the Atomic Age really kicked on. Uh, you know, is Tim an important character in this in this book? Let me ask you that. That is a difficult question. Because he is basically a blank slate. He wears a white t-shirt, blank, right? Yeah. Right, right. And he needs to be filled with information. And the expressions that we have are very, I mean, I will talk about art in a moment, but I mean, his expressions are either wide-eyed wonder uh-huh. or, you know, skepticism. Right. He, he fluctuates between those two. And as the Phantom Stranger says at the end of the book, well, he made his decision when he decided to go on this journey yeah. with us. And, um, he, to me is, is that every, is an everyman character that's just there to help drive the plot. Now that's in this four issue mini, this would become an ongoing series, obviously. And Tim Hunter would become probably about as big a character in the DC universe, as far as magic is is concerned as probably as as important as Constantine or Zatanna or some of those other well-known characters uh, at the time. But in this book, Zach, do you think he's an important character? Uh, uh, personally, I think he was really important just for me coming into the, the book and not knowing everything. And there'd be sections like those poems where there'd be huge long sections of narrative. And then he'd be at the very end. He's like, I, I don't understand. Am I supposed to get this? Mm-hmm. And so, and I, and I didn't, I was like, I don't know what the freaking he's gaming's talking about here. Right. So for me, I think it was that I could like, I related to him cause I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Or that's really scary. And you kind of look like him too. You know? Yeah. Thanks. All the way down to the blank t-shirt. Yeah. 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 We will fill you with information. So, no, um, I liked him. Overall, story-wise, I mean, you said nothing happened, right? I mean, you just see this as a who's who. Yeah, I, I kind of see it as a who's who. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, it's 
this is a four issue love poem to the DC the 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 part of the DC universe that's magic mm-hmm. plus a few other little things that are clear that that you know Neil Gaiman like but I mean for me this was not very enjoyable honestly all all things considered the the story is pretty much non-existent nothing really happens um the most exciting part is that maybe he might get stuck in fairyland mm-hmm. and that gets resolved and it gets resolved well and I get that it's a fairy tale and so the stuff that was relevant at the beginning becomes relevant again. I mean, I, right. I, I do see that. Like, I wasn't upset about how easy that was because that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I was just going through it and I kind of felt... Like I was crashing at my friend Neil's couch, yeah, 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 and he was going through his comic book collection, and he was just like, "Oh, you know what? I always loved Amethyst. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a book for girls, and he's flipping through his like, but you know what? I really loved. I love this thing, and I love this other thing, and I love this, and eventually, I'm just like, Neil, shut up! I'm trying to sleep. I mean, I love you, man. You're great, but seriously, I got a plane to catch tomorrow. You know, I mean, that's that's a lot of the time. That's how I felt. Zach, what about you? Uh, I started off not really liking it, but by the end, and I was getting, I read the last three issues, like, really quick, and I, I ended up really liking it. I, it was, like, one of those books where I wouldn't want to pick it up if I just wanted to watch someone beat the crap out of someone, but mm-hmm. I felt like maybe I read too much into it, or maybe not. There was a lot of th- thinking about uh, good versus evil and how that plays into our lives and decisions we make. I kind of like that. Um, uh... I wanted to read more after I was done reading it and no, that's figure cool. out what the heck was going on. And yeah. some people talked about how he's important now or there's some magic-y stuff going on now. Well, I was like, eh, check that out. It's going to be interesting because he's, they made a big deal and I forget if he, if he's already been in, in uh, Justice League Dark because I kind of stopped reading that around issue six or seven. Um, or I should say I just <laughs> didn't have the time to finish reading it, but they made a big deal that Tim Hunter and the Books of Magic are back. Mm-hmm. But I never really followed up to see what it was about. Did it? Is this a new Tim Hunter, or is this a Tim Hunter that is, you know, jumped universes? Yeah. Or you know, what's the deal with this? Uh, so that's why I kind of thought, well, maybe we should go back and, and take a look at the books of magic mm-hmm. to see if these characters are the same or how closely tied they are uh, from the old DC universe to the new DC universe. And I think at a minimum, without without even wanting to read any more books. Max is the first thing I've ever read of Neil Gaiman's. So I kind of liked his Oh, well, you really need to yeah. probably pick up Sandman. Sandman, yeah. I've heard there yeah. was a big deal. He's starting that up again, right? Yeah. yeah. A, well, it's a, yeah. Or something. Yeah, a little something. mini, mini series for that. So uh, yeah. yeah, remember everybody, Zach's new to comics. So all of this is, you're going to see this fresh. And I know yeah. some people are out there like, oh, these young kids, he doesn't know about this. And he wasn't even born when Flock of Seagulls was, was around. I was around when Flock of Seagulls was around. Seen seagulls and then we have to say, shut up, Rodrigo. Zach is young and he's... <laughs> right. right. Um, but, you know, this is kind of cool because it is kind of fun. Just like my kids, you know, the first time that they discover how cool Batman is or the first time that they... Uh, realize also how cool Batman is. Yes, or the first time they realize that uh, their dad is Batman. I had, I had the boy convinced for mm-hmm. about six weeks that I was Batman. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but you know how you experience that something that you think is old, like maybe the Karate Kid, original Karate Kid movie. Right. But then your son sits down and watches it with you and you s- experience that through his mm-hmm. vision. That's kind of like what we're doing here with young Zach with, with comic books. He's getting into this for the first time. And so he gets to explore some of these 
big names like Morrison and Gaiman and Wade and, and uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's about it, right? Those three are the yeah, big names. Yeah, that's pretty. Ennis, Kirby. You know, Kirby, yeah. Um, this guy named Stanley, maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, um, he said something about Excalibur or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> Greetings, cool guys. It is me, Stanley Lee. Eczema. I hope he's doing well. Um, so this is kind of cool to see you get this chance to explore the world of comics, uh, from a fresh new perspective and get to see these things and, and give your thoughts on this from a, from a new perspective. Um, I still think even today that this is just a big who's who, uh, as far I'm as the story sure. goes. And I think it's fun to be able to, to spot, Hey, well, there's so-and-so and there's that person and there's that person. Oh, I know that person. And you know, that's all well and good. Um, but in the end I'm kind of felt empty, uh, with the story. I mean, it's almost like you've laid the groundwork. Now we have to really get, as you said, Zach, get into the, uh, what the story's really about in the ongoing miniseries. Um, which really went off into some odd directions that I was not prepared for uh, when it was first released. Uh, might go back and visit it now. I don't know. Um, so from story-wise, I think it's I think it's a good solid groundwork. I think it's a good foundation that needs to be built upon. Uh, what about the art? Uh, I had I had I had basically one issue with the art, and that's that. Uh, sometimes Timothy looked like totally dumb i mean that's weird to say but <laughs> there are definitely like if you look at just like some of his very first pages on the first issue like he's looking around and he's just like <laughs> like his face like he's looks, got his finger up his nose yeah <laughs> pretty yeah. much and um i think that comes from wanting to make very photorealistic images, right. but also wanting to have that expression. Yeah. So it's like, if you have an exaggerated expression on a very realistic person, it looks really goofy. Um, that's really my only issue with it. After that, I mean, you know, besides that, I think the art is really good. And I think that, you know, that the changing sort of like fluctuating art styles really, really help because each book... Mm-hmm is a trip into a different part of the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. So the fact that the art changes between books enforces that. Um, I believe Ryber was also the artist in uh, Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had seen a few sample pages of Sandman and it looked pretty similar to that. I'm not sure for sure, but um, and I'm we start to get into this. I, I guess at this time, I don't know what the publishing companies were, were thinking, but they decided to release books that would have just been 48 page specials uh-huh. in this prestige format. So you put it on a little bit more expensive paper, mm. nice, slick, glossy paper, almost like what we have today. What was very common today, uh, even in something like Atomic Robo. Right. Um, and then you put it in a cardstock uh, cover. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a harder cover. It's not quite, I mean, it is a soft bound book, right. but it's a um, little bit better than just the regular floppy book. So they had this prestige format and it allowed them to charge quite a bit more. And I can't remember what the cover price on this was um, originally, but I remember this was like, if you were getting the golden age or you were getting the books of magic or some of these others that were these limited edition prestige formats, um, you paid a little bit more money 
for that. Almost like maybe five bucks a book or something like that. And back then, that's a lot. Nineteen ninety dollars. That'd be the equivalent of paying like a fourteen dollars or something today, seven dollars, something like that today. Um, I'm pretty sure that the books of magic were released in prestige. Somebody may correct me, but again, it's been over twenty one over twenty one years <laughs> since I since I read that. And and back then it was I would read it, bag it, store it, forget about it mm. until it became necessary. Twenty one years later, <laughs> uh, but even then, uh, you can go listeners and, and buy this this series if you want all four books up on Comixology. Yeah. Uh, they have them for two ninety nine ninety nine a piece, yeah. so it's relatively easy to get into that into those first four books. Did you buy any of the others, the ongoings? Did they have those no, up there too? No. Uh, I check. Buy and look, necessarily. The, I saw I saw these on there. So one of the things that went along with the prestige format, beyond just the card stock and the paper, and the the author on these books is the art usually was a little bit more fantastical. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of where we start to, what I see in this <laughs> is the art is totally different than what you would normally see in a DC book at the time. Not too different from what you would see in a Vertigo book just a few years later. Right. So it's different. It's a different kind of art. It's a more mature art style than, you know, the little uh, squiggly lines that Superman has in his, you know, sweeps and swooshes. Right. Um, so it does take some adjusting to get used to that. This kind of style where it's like you take the dry brush and you flick your your right. paints across it to add that speckled background or or that kind of stuff. Not I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Um so this art kind of bothered me. It still bothers me a little bit. I mean, I understand it. I appreciate it. I know what know what they're trying to do. And I'm not saying that the artist is bad. It's just not to my liking. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Did you like the art or not like the art? Um or share your thoughts on the art. Share Maybe my it's not always black and white, just no. like we learned in the book. Um there was there was parts that I didn't like. Yeah, Tim looks kind of weird at one time, and he looked like he was wearing lipstick during like an entire issue, which kind of threw me off. But I really liked the the colorings and uh, how they could change the mood with the colorings and like crap's probably hit the fan and everything goes red. I was like, oh, that's cool. But uh, you no, know, it reminded me of like, oh, this book's kind of old. <laughs> yeah, I you know some of this is. I don't know. And I don't want to say that I was so immature, but I remember, you know, the scene with the Zatara and he's got all these dead rabbits around him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, um, horrific art, but I remember getting to that page in the book originally and I was bothered by it. I was like, I don't know if I want to continue to read this There's series some really weird because there are some very yeah. shocking, uh, shocking images and imagery that are used throughout this book to help, help convey the message. And I was just like, kind of felt like Tim whenever he saw, um, the people killing each other for the first time. He's like, no, no, I don't want to see this. Why are you showing yeah. this to me? And that's kind of how I felt the first time seeing this art in, in this style and seeing just the dead rabbits everywhere. It's like, no, no. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's okay. I guess, uh, and some other people absolutely adore this mm-hmm. series and love this series and love everything with a book of books of magic. I like magic. I want to believe in magic. Um, there's a song in there somewhere. Um, and then there's a lot of songs in there. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, for one, four guys, uh, who may or may not be British take you on a magical mystery tour. Right. What else? Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a Led Zeppelin song in the, uh, fairy, fairy wild. Yes. You see that hustle in your, or bustle in your hedgerow. Yes. Um, I, 
I don't know. What, Zach, what are your final thoughts on this? Good, bad, and different otherwise. Final thoughts. Uh, I thought about this a lot the last two days. And I, I got to the point of I would really like to take a nice night and read through these all just straight through and not break it up in mm. random. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There was I, re- I thought I got really connected to Timothy. It might be somewhat that I grew up on Harry Potter, and so I like the kid mm-hmm. learning about mystical things that he didn't know existed at one point. And... So that that really intrigued me. I liked for as much as not really much happened. I kind of liked him walking through the different time periods with the different four uh, rain-coated men to find out <laughs> what was happening and not so much. Yeah, you're right. We got to the end when he gets to the end of the book and he says, oh, he chose a long time ago. I was like, oh, well, I guess we could have stopped it there. Yeah. But uh, I kind of liked it. I... I I don't know if I'd buy it, but I would read you bought it, it again. On your, you bought it on your iPad, though, didn't you? I bought an issue. Oh, I bought an issue, okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, people should probably read it. It's cool. Rodrigo, what about you? Um. Well, there's a, in my mind, there's a lot of things that are going against it. Um. Certainly... You can you could say that well this character is becoming relevant again so maybe you should pick it up but who knows how much of this they're keeping right exactly it, I, I, that's the that's the part of it that affects me the least because in the end I kind of don't care about that stuff anyway if the story holds up then that's fine my biggest complaint about it is that there's basically no story here mm-hmm. it's all let's explore this universe but nothing happens and literally there are moments when things are almost going to happen right and then they don't right it's like oh no zatanna and the kid are gonna get jumped and then john constantine shows up and he's like what's up you guys i'm john constantine and everybody's <laughs> like oh no it's john constantine let's let him go so that action doesn't take place ever in this book <laughs> so that happens or rather it doesn't um the art is fine. If you uh, are a fan of the comics that led up to this, if you're a fan of Phantom Stranger stuff, if you're a fan of Hellblazer, if you're a fan of all that stuff, then definitely this will be enjoyable for you. If you're not, then you might as well just start reading Sandman because eventually, well, maybe it's just me, eventually I hit a Neil Gaiman saturation point mm-hmm. and you might as well be reading his best stuff when right. that happens. Right. So skip this, read Sandman. Okay. There's plenty of DC references in Sandman as well. Can I, I just bring up one thing? Sure. That I, I just remember that bothered me the entire time. Through the entire thing, they were telling him that people don't give away their real names because right. there's power in them. But the entire time, they, they're uses they, they, not they, only that they, they introduce him, him yeah. to other people by his true name. I, yeah. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's amazing. I thought about that, especially I think by the time we got to the third book, I was like, wait a minute, just, <laughs> you just said not to tell people your name, and and everyone like knows him. I mean, like some it, people even know him before they even meet him. It explains why. Uh, I mean that that little bit is a great explanation as to why all of these magic guys have superhero co- code names. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Phantom Stranger and, uh, I don't know, Mr. E and things like that, right? So I was like, great. That's great. What's this kid's super secret nickname going to be? Apparently, it's Timothy Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they must have spelled it differently. <laughs> um, for me, uh, when this book originally came out, when I read it, I liked it because it was kind of, 
hey, let me give you uh, an introduction or reintroduce the magic world to you so that you have some familiarity with it. So I like that. Years later, rereading it again, and I did buy it at Comixology, um, it was, oh, here's the who's who. Remember all these people that you've now become even more familiar with and having them do their cameos here? Thought that was really good. Agree that there's not really a story here, but it does lay that ground, that foundation, that groundwork for future tales to be told. Um, art still today, I mean, I appreciate it, but I'm not a fan of it. Um, so I would have to say borrow this series uh, from your library. I'm sure your local library probably has a copy. Uh, borrow it from a friend. I wouldn't say rush out and buy this. Uh, do like Zach did. Sample it. Read it. Uh, contemplate on it and then maybe dive in and pick up some of the ongoing series stuff, which did you find out if that was on? No, it's just the, Oh, just the the four four books. books, Okay. So that's, uh, kind of what I think on that. And hopefully, uh, you guys have some thoughts, some opinions. You'll go over to majorspoilers.com, share your thoughts and opinions. Some of you have already done that. That's great. That's wonderful. We want more people to do that. We'd also like to see more people. Uh, if you thought this, uh, this episode was to your liking and you want to hear more of it, uh, you'd like to see Matthew come back. Uh, consider making a recurring donation, a two, five, ten dollar a month donation. Every little bit helps, keeps show uh, the, the the show going, keeps the ship afloat, and allows us to bring you more major spoilers goodness. Uh, once again, thanks to our friends at TweakedAudio.com for their sponsorship. TweakedAudio.com, uh, major on checkout gets you thirty percent off. And thank you for joining us for this issue of the Major Spoilers podcast and being a part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, as I said, we're going to take a look at. The Sixth Gun, Volume 1. Western, Occult, what will happen next? I don't know. We're going to find out. Some, definitely some pow-pow. I've already read the, that part. Uh, why are we going to read The Sixth Gun? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon. And Matthew, you're old. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and forth my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Being the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa
Spoilers is copyright 2012.